Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or $50 per season for on-screen and in-text. That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrat. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports, like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free do- demo, and let them know we sent you. All right, uh, welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, tonight we have Coach Mike DiMatteo from Buffalo Grove High School in Illinois. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. We're really happy to have you. Uh, why don't you get us kicked off, talk about uh, – your background, where you played, your coaching journey, and kind of sort of where you're at right now in your life. It's a, it's a long journey. Uh, I, it's funny. I knew I wanted to be a high school football coach when I was 12 years old, and uh, a lot of that is because of a guy in our neck of the woods by the name of Jack Lease. Jack Lease was the head coach of uh, Leiden High School in uh, 1977 when they won the state championship. And uh, he used to be in the newspaper all the time. And I, I, you know, used to wear fedora the whole deal. I, I want to be like that guy. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a football coach. Um, I went to the University of Illinois Chicago, um, and, and I did not play college football. I had a uh, pretty serious knee injury in high school that uh, basically a complete reconstruction. In those days, uh, the early '80s, in 1982, is when I graduated. That stuff was a uh, 
major surges. So that ended that. Um, but anyway, I wound up at St. Patrick High School in 87 as an assistant under John Urban. Um, Coach Urban was, he rebuilt St. Patrick High School football. And I was fortunate enough to be at the tail end of what he was doing in uh, uh, learned a lot from Coach. I probably drove him crazy with all my questions. In fact, I know I did. Um, one day he told me, will you please stop calling me at home? You know, and, and uh, that's what I figured. You know what? There's got to be a family aspect to this too, not just football. But right. you get so focused. Um, then I wound up at uh, Morton High School, Morton East High School under George Baglione and got my first chance to be a varsity coach um, in uh, – uh, was scared to death, so I didn't want to. I, I wasn't a very good coach. Uh, uh, you, you, you think that coaching is yelling, you forget that coaching is technique, you know. And, and Coach Baglione actually, uh, <laughs> he pulled me aside one day. I told a kid that dropped a kickoff, uh, I said, Wow, that really stinks, Pete. And coach comes over to me and he puts his arm around and goes, That's one hell of a coaching point, Mike. That kid absolutely didn't get better just now. So I learned a pretty big lesson that day. Um, from there, I went uh, to Leiden High School. And then I went out to Gray's Lake and worked for a guy named Dan Dillon, who uh, is an, was an outstanding head football coach, um, did a lot of really, really good things at Gray's Lake. And then I got, because of Dan, um, my first opportunity to be a head coach at Lake Zurich High School. Um, prior to our arrival, Lake Zurich uh, had some tough times. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a principal that really believed in athletics. Uh, and and uh, we, made a, uh, we had a good partnership together. Uh, Wayne Irk and I, uh, and, and uh, three years later, we're in the semifinals. And uh, a lot of it was because we ran the spread triple and nobody was doing it. Um, you know, and uh, it was a learning process. It was a great learning process. And from there, I went to Hinsdale Central, where we converted what we learned uh, at, at Zurich and that process and turned it into the, the spread gun triple. We were doing that in 07, um, quite a few years, I think, before a lot of people were doing that. Um, and then had a really successful run there, made a state title appearance, and then went. Uh, I left there and went to uh, uh, Buffalo Grove, and I'm finishing up my career at, uh, at Buffalo Grove. was head coach for four years and had some health issues, and, and I'm, uh, I'm assisting the head coach who was my DC. He's, a, he's an outstanding young coach, actually. He does a great job. Jeff Felk does a really, really great job. Well, that sounds like a great journey. sounds like along the way you had some guys that really believed in you and gave you the opportunity to grow as a coach. I'm sure that made a huge difference, right? Um, I, with, I, I've often said this to people, too. You know, they, they say, you know, good career, good this. Any head coach that thinks they do it by themselves is lying. Right. You know, if you don't have good assistance, or, or maybe another way to say it is good, enthusiastic assistants that are willing to embrace your program and run with it and help you grow it, then you're, you're, you're not going to be very good. You know, you need those guys. And I was really fortunate to have uh, a lot of, a lot of fire eater kind of guys. When I was at Lake Zurich, you know, we brought in nine coaches that year and, and uh, some great coaches. Bill Helzer was our defensive coordinator, was uh, in 02, the defensive coordinator of the year, actually for AFLAC high school DC of the year. Um, so I, I've had some great offensive line coaches, Joe Lewandowski, Gary Gaiman, um, some, just some really great offensive line coaches and, and uh, just good people that had the best interests of our kids at heart and our school at heart. And, and uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to help guide all of that. But, you know, like I said, uh, if, if you have guys that aren't willing to buy in and buy into your program, buy into you, um, and, or, you know, at least willing to learn, then you're going you're gonna to be fighting an uphill battle. 
There's no question. Yeah, I agree. And it sounded like you said early on in your career, you had a principal had some patience with you to help you yes. learn a little bit, right? Um, when we took over at Zurich, uh, there was a turnover of about 26 coaches a year, um, you know, throughout all the athletic programs. Yeah, it was, oh, it was, no. Zurich is sort of a, at the time, and it was sort of like that middling school. Yeah, it was sort of like a jumping off point. Um, and the football program had struggled for a, a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, but when I took the job, uh, uh, I actually had a meeting with our, our principal, and uh, he was a he was a really he was actually a brigadier general in the United States Army. So when nine eleven happened, he disappeared for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, we shook hands. I'll never forget it. Um, in my brashness, I suppose I said, "I I, I want to be the head coach here, but there has to be one condition." And he said, "What's that?" And, and I had never been a head coach, but I, I felt like I had to at least say this. And uh, I said, I give you my word that I will never, ever, ever recommend anybody to you that's not a good teacher. And in, in the converse of that, you have to give me your word that you're at least going to consider them. And we shook hands on it. It was a handshake agreement. And we hired nine guys that year. And that uh-huh. was a big reason that we got that. And they were all excellent teachers. Right. One of them is, is – is currently still an outstanding head coach in the state of Illinois, Brian Stortz, um, who took over Lake Zurich after I left. Bill Helzer is an outstanding DC still at Barrington High School. We had some really – Shane Williams is still at Lake Zurich. So, uh, you know, it was – when you have that combo together, I think, you know, a principal that understands the importance of athletics yeah. along with, a, with a, a motivated group of coaches, you can do a lot of really good things. And unfortunately, I, I, I fear that we're losing that, you know, the, the importance of athletics and the importance of team, the importance of, of working together. And that, that concerns me greatly. Yeah, it's, it's become fairly difficult outside of a few places to, to be able to hire good teachers and coaches in the same role, right? Where you're, yeah, I agree with you. Well, and I think you guys would agree too. If you're, if you're a good coach, you're going to be a good teacher. Correct. You know, and vice versa. I mean, I, I take as much pride in my classroom uh, that I did when I was a head coach. Right. Um, they they, they were not mutually exclusive. They were right. one and the same to me, right. you know, um, well, I'm sure you probably hit some of those names, but maybe talk about a, a mentor that you've or mentors that you've leaned on over the years. You know, when you've got to make a, you know, to me, it's the person you call when you got to make a difficult decision. Hey, help me here. What do I? What do you think here? That that yeah, person, there's there's one guy, and uh, uh, it's it's the most important professional relationship that I've had. His name is Tony Munkin. Uh, he is the cousin of Jeff Munkin at at uh, at Army, yeah. uh, and his brother Todd is the uh, OC at Georgia, actually. Uh, Tony and I uh, kind of grew up together as head coaches. He was at Vernon Hills and rebuilt that program. Well, they, there wasn't a rebuild. He started it from scratch. Uh, about the same time I took over at Lake Zurich, and we were running the same offense. You know, so we would call each other on a almost daily basis, and we it blossomed into uh, one of my most important friendships. He's like a brother to me. Uh, so Tony, Tony is uh, just a wonderful guy. And the other person currently coaches at Buffalo Grove and has sort of, sort of followed me, and his name is Al Polich. Why that's important is he was my high school head coach. And oh, Weaver wow, and that's great. All the, yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's old school. Uh, he followed my career as a head coach at Zurich and then at Central. Didn't live too far from Hinsdale, came to practice every day. Next thing you know, he's coming with me to Buffalo Grove, and he's coaching. He's still coaching. Coaches freshman. That's and he's awesome. just as fiery in his 70s as he was in his 40s when he was kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, he's a wonderful guy. 
That's so awesome. I'm lucky. I got a couple people that I, I lean on quite a bit and, and uh, uh, it's just been good for me. That's for sure. I hope I'm, I hope it's as good for them as it is for me. Yeah. Well, Hey coach, yeah, I know one thing, man, it, it, um, getting to know you a little bit, you're, you're, you're the, uh, the gun veer guru, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, we're going to talk about how you, um, your system and what you do is, is, is unique, you know? And, um, but we had a – you were on a Zoom with uh, with me and a, a couple other coaches uh, maybe a month or two ago, and um, you were you were helping us out and, and, and kind of teaching us the ins and outs of everything. And, and you, you described this process of – because you used to be under center, right? Yes. And so you're, you're, you mentioned uh, Coach Monken and everything, and, and uh, you've kind of taken your – explain a little bit about how you take your operation from uh, from under center to the gun and that the trick of – Figuring out the puzzle, like you like to describe for the for the gun mesh, the depth, the quarterback and be back footwork, etc. That was that was all about the, uh, uh, the the puzzle that you had to figure out and tinkering and adjusting. Can you just tell us about that process when you were just getting started with it all? Yeah, sure. Um, I was fortunate. Jeff Munkin and I had uh, our friendship went all the way back to when he was a high school coach for one year, and uh, the the very short version is. Uh, when I was at Lake Zurich, our second year, we decided to run the spread triple. And through a series of phone calls, completely on accident, after seeing a Georgia Southern game film, their national championship in 99, I thought, I've never seen anything like this before. I want to do this. And so I, you know, I tried to teach myself, but you, you can't. You have to go to the source. You know, and if there's any head, or if there's any young coaches listening, my biggest piece of advice: go forget watching uh, a huddle video. Go find somebody. Go talk to them. Sit in a room. You know, and and uh, on accident, I found out that Jeff was a slots coach at Georgia Southern, and and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. So uh, a mutual friend, C. Ray Gregory, at the time he was the head coach at Utah, uh, Southern Utah, he uh, gave me his number. I called Ray. And we, Jeff and I reacquainted ourselves. We had a great time. And that February, he came up and clinicked me for 14 hours, our staff, for 14 hours over two days. Um, and then we've maintained a pretty good friendship ever since. I call them, I call them uh, pretty much after every game that they play, or I try to anyway. Congratulations, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we had a good success at Lake Zurich. When I went to Hinsdale, um, it, we didn't have the, 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 what I felt at the time, the size slots. that We, we had little tiny uh, – jitterbug kind of guys at the slot position um and the the league that we went into this 8a league you know, you're talking you know strong safeties that are you know 6'1 195 coming down in a you know 5'8 5'9 uh, you know little slot guy just going to run them over it's going to be hard to stock block those kinds of guys no matter what you do so we decided to go from the gun and uh, the, the hard part then was how the hell am i going to figure out the mesh because this is going to be a real difficult thing so you know, I, I tried by myself at first. Um, the, the big problem was uh, when, you, when you're in offset backs, uh, and I was explaining this to you guys before, every, it, it does literally fit like a puzzle piece. So when you're in offset backs, our quarterback heels are at five. I wanted it to be the same landmarks, the same depth, and, you know, heels at five, that kind of thing. Um, but we could not get the mesh. We couldn't get the mesh. So there was a guy downstate. He's a legend in Illinois. His name is Ken Leonard. I'm sure you guys all know what Ken Leonard is. Um, Ken Leonard is he's, he's, uh, he's just a legend in our state. At any rate, I knew he had been doing things out of the gun, specifically midline. So I called, and I didn't know him, but I called him out of the clear blue sky. And I just said, hey, coach, I'd love to talk to you. And we lived about four hours away from each other. And, 
you know, uh, just to show you the, the, how close the coaching community can be, he didn't even hesitate. Coach, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you in Kankakee. So he drove two hours. I drove two hours. And we met and we talked nothing but mesh, just mesh and footwork for three hours. That's it. Hand position, footwork, where your toes go, you know, what, what does, it, does the, the quarterback have to look at? You know, how much of it is similar to being under center? It was three hours of just mesh, and the three hours went by like that. So I took what I learned from Coach Leonard, and I tried to apply it to inside veer. Um, I wanted it to hit the same and to be the same as what we did under center. Um, and uh, through trial and error, a lot of trial and error, uh, we were able to make it work. Um, the biggest coaching point is, and this is, I watch on TV, and it's, it's actually interesting. Um, a lot of guys that try to do this from the gun, they, they, they do what I call zeer, zone triple. You know, I, the, the commentators call it read option, which drives me nuts because every option is read. There's no such thing as a read option. It's, you know, zone option or zeer. Um, and I think the reason why a lot of guys do it is, A, they're married to the zone, but B, the mesh isn't as hard. I mean, you don't really – the mesh kind of happens naturally because the running back is coming across the quarterback and he's aiming at the, you know, the inside leg of the play side guard on, you know, the, on, the, on the zone side. Yeah. And inside veer doesn't work that way. So how do you get that mesh? Well, guys would put the ball on the ground. They couldn't make it work. Or they – and this is where I think a lot of guys say it doesn't hit as fast. They put their quarterback's heels at five, but then they put their running back at six. And the reason they do that is so that when they get the, the, the shotgun snap, it meshes a little bit easier because the running back can come downhill and they don't put the ball on the ground. Well, that yard is going to make a gigantic difference as to how fast that thing hits. So what we came up with was something a little bit different. We align our, our quarterback's heels at five, our running back's heels at five offset. So let's say we're going to run 12 inside veer to the right. Our running back, depending on, believe it or not, his height, he's a shorter guy. He has to cut his split down a little bit. If he's a taller guy, he can be a little bit wider because his legs are longer. Um, we, we tell him to keep their legs under their shoulder, in between their shoulder blades. We don't want a wide stance because he can't step. So what we do then is when the ball is snapped, at the snap of the ball, the T and set, at our cadence is ready, set, go. On the T and set, the center snaps the ball. As the ball at, at that T, when the quarterback says that T and the center hears that T, the ball's coming back, the quarterback is attacking the line of scrimmage. So what he winds up doing is moving downhill at the same time the ball is coming back. At the same time that's happening, the running back takes a slide step to his left if we're, you know, if he's offset to the right, and then he attacks straight downhill. And his aiming point is the inside leg of the play side guard just like you would under center. Um, and then when you, when you rep that, it actually fits together like a puzzle piece. And it, it, it gets really – the first few times you do it, you know, the first couple of weeks, it's not going to look very good. Um, but when it really – when the kids start to figure it out, they start to figure out their footwork, it is smooth as butter. This year, we, uh, we started working on it uh, last week, you know, year two of doing this. We're, we're already at what we would consider week three speed at getting this done with one year under our belt. We're, you know, it's hitting way faster. Last year, we, we had a quarterback that had never done it in his life. He was a first-year senior, um, and he had a really, really nice season. He did a great job because he paid attention to technique, worked his footwork. Um, so that's, that was a lot of trial and error, but uh, and some logic, I think, too, you know. Um, but the idea was to explode downhill as fast as you possibly can. Um, but it's got to be a slide step. 
and get vertical and then attack the ball. And that's the piece that guys don't do. They don't attack the ball. And if your quarterback attacks the ball on the snap, it'll all come together. And he winds up almost in the same spot as he would uh, with the pistol. So then the next question is this. You know, we know heels a three. So then the next question is, well, why did you just get in the pistol then? And the answer is, if, you're, if your quarterback's heels are at five, that's the shotgun. From a defensive perspective, when you see a team in a shotgun, what's your first thought? Pass. Yeah, absolutely right. So we already got you back in your heels. Secondly, we can align in a, in a typical spread, and we can throw our bubbles. We can throw our three stuff. We can out. We can throw our five. Um, and, and so it, it's just a it's it, it, it presents a different mindset to the defense. Does that make sense? Um, and then on top of all that, you have your jet action. We, we ran we uh, uh, built something called jet option football uh, in 2010 and really implemented in 2011. Had a lot of success with it. Um, the point is it blossoms your offense a little bit, at least with the, the, the threat of the uh, more robust passing game. Um, and so that's why we did it, and it was extremely effective uh, for us for those years. In uh, 2008, we got really good at it. Um, uh, average, I forget, it was almost it was 42, 43 points a game, something like that. Um, had a lot of yards, went to the state championship, and uh, it was, it was, it's just been really, really good. It, but I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it takes a lot of faith and a lot of reps and, and, a, and a lot of learning. You know, but it's it's it was great, and, and it's still a lot of fun. So that's what we're doing at BG now. Now, Coach, what do you now um, out of the out of the plays like Veer, uh, uh, Midline, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I know you run a little bit of inside zone. We'll talk more about that, I think, here in a minute. But um, out out of the plays that you're meshing and and, and you're running option, which one as you were uh, putting the puzzle together? Uh, figuring it out, which one of those plays uh, took the longest to kind of figure out and dial in? Um, uh, inside yeah. inside yeah. that it, that's that's the the, uh, the fundamental base play of all of it. I mean, we even run outside gear now from the gun, and I know people think you can't do it. We did it. You know, I figured it out last year. That's my job now. I'm the mesh coach, so we figured it out last year. It took me a while, but I finally got the footwork down in this spring. We started working footwork forward from offset backs, and it actually looks like like counteraction, but it hits real nice up in there. So I'm curious to see how it's going to go. But inside, if you get inside, your midline falls into place. Midline's easy. Midline's really easy. You know, you just got to we, – we train our, our B-back and our quarterback to look for a couple of things. If it's an odd front, then our B-back has to pick a cheek. He's still on the midline, but he picks a cheek, you know, play side cheek. If, however, there's a, a hard shade – to one side, then it becomes an automatic wrap. So we'll still run midline to that. But now uh, the guard and the play at the center and the play side guard will combo that guy. B back wraps that combo to line up quarterback follows automatically. So they, you know, they can't outflank us or we just call opposite. Um, but that, that stuff is easy. Inside veer is hard. Coach McLeod, I think uh, this guy's got the coolest title in football, man. He's the mesh coach. Mesh coach yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I am. I'm the mesh Re coach. Revolutionizing triple option uh, nationwide, man. Uh, that, used to, that was like my dream job was to be like the nose tackles coach. That's kind yeah. of <laughs> so all I have to worry about is the mesh and yeah. uh, it's uh, showing up on time. That's there it. you go. That's your <laughs> well, you know, when you're old, they they, they like to reduce what you got to do. Oh, look, I know. Trust me. <laughs> hey, I'm curious. Um, as you're putting it all together, what? 
what snap did you decide to use? Like a traditional shotgun snap, a dead snap, two-handed snap? What, what, after you, you know, after everything kind of got down to brass tacks, what, what, I'm curious how you decided to do that. Yeah, we, uh, we, for a while, to me, honestly, it depends on your center, you know, but I, we've always had the most success with traditional shotgun snap. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, I think a couple years ago, we had a kid that he just, for whatever reason, couldn't do it. And we tried to dead snap it. The ball comes back a little, it, it comes back odd for the quarterback to get a handle on it, you know? Um, uh, but it can be done. It certainly can be done. It's almost like that bad snap drill, you right. know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, but I've always had traditional snap. We had uh, our center when I was at Central was Jack Allen. He played at Michigan State. And uh, his brother, Brian's a starting center for the Rams. And he was, he was able to do uh, either one of them. He had he actually had trouble, believe it or not. He couldn't do the dead snap. He had a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I think it really comes down to the player. But for us, we've always been able to get guys to, to, uh, uh, traditional snap it you know we always tell them especially if they wind up going uh, like uh, kind of in very different directions we tell them to take your your, your snapping hand and, and after you snap it slap the inside of your of your thigh you know and that seems to straighten out a lot of those problems yeah okay it's like a, a an anchor point you know like if yeah, you were right. uh, shooting a bow or or, 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 uh, or a rifle you know what I mean being yes. consistent you know what I mean dialing and then that's smart I like that. Hey, now let's talk about uh, alignment. You know, a lot of guys, I know particularly with shotgun, like um, they're worried about giving away what play they're running, you know, Mm -hmm. based on the running back's alignment. Can you talk about maybe your quarterback, uh, your your running back's alignment to your quarterback for midline, inside zone, uh, outside veer, inside veer? Is it consistent across the board or do you you change up? Also, Coach, can you touch on – I think you mentioned you do use a little bit of pistol. You're able to go, um, what do you call it, adjacent uh, 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 sidecar? Or what, yeah, we, we, yeah, we call it offset. Offset, that's what I'm mm-hmm. uh, Talk about that. And then last, I know it's a loaded question. Sorry about that's that. Okay. Uh, it's totally okay. But, uh, you know, uh, traditional like flex bone, wishbone guys, you know, you ever seen them spray paint the uh, – the A-frame down on the ground. Yes. Yep. I mean, can you talk about if you, if you use something similar to that as well or uh, – okay. So here's, here's where I'm a little bit different than some guys. Um, I'll put cones down, you know, the flat cones, I think they call, you know, the, the round flat ones. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, even when I was under center, I didn't use any, 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 uh, any of the, the V things or the spray. I, and here's why. Um, there, none of that exists on a football field during a game. So my thought was whether it's pitch relationship for our slot backs or, um, alignment and aiming point for our B-backs, sometimes that adjusts because maybe we want to widen a split on a play. Maybe we want to shrink a split. And those our guys need to be able to see those landmarks. And they need to be able to adjust. Um, our slot backs, they need to be able to know where they're supposed to be visually. So one of the coaching points for our slots is, you know, you, you have to watch the quarterback. And you keep going lateral until the quarterback turns up field. Then you turn up field. You know, we try to keep, and we always tell them that they have to be uh, directly across from the quarterback so that when when we're pitching, we never want to pitch backwards because if we pitch backwards, let's say it's two yards, let's just say, well, he's got to run two to make zero. We don't want that. So we want it directly across. And they have to be able to visually see that. So we work the heck out of that 
in practice, and I'll tell them you're too far, you're 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 too tight, and want to know the truth. After a, a number of reps, they start to figure it out. Oh, I was too tight on that one. The more I feel that you can get them to do visually, the 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 more efficient and the less problems you're going to have during a game because you don't have those those markers in a game. And that's just that's just my thought. As far as alignment for our running backs. We do have two. We'll offset to the right or to the left, and typically he'll align to the uh, uh, the midpoint of the play side guard. But again, it depends on the player. If you have a taller kid with longer legs, you can maybe get away with it a little bit wider. Um, but we like to keep them about the same spot every single time. Um, <clears throat> we'll also run cannon. Cannon is a little bit different. Our quarterback's heels are at five. Well, in this case, he'll move up a half yard. And then our running back is directly behind him, and he's about seven inches away from him. And he, I mean, he's—they're almost—I mean, they're—they're they're almost touching each other. And the reason we do that is twofold: it's hard to see the running back's footwork, kind of hides him a little bit. But secondly, it facilitates him getting downhill really fast. His heels are almost at five. Um, the other reason we like offset is because it allows us to do a bunch of different things with our running back. Um, we can go inside veer to that same side if we—if we decided to run zeer then he can cut across from that same side. It allows for quarterback counter, running back crosses face, quarterback goes the other way. Um, there's a, we, we will run yo-yo motion with our GT scheme, our counter trace scheme, where he'll cut across the quarterback plant and come back. We call that yo-yo motion. So there's a lot of things that we can do with him that, that offset provides us. Plus, we, it, it's very, very easy to tell if linebackers are keen where the running backs lining up and once, once, and I'm in the box. So that's, it's actually kind of nice. Once I see that and I, and I see that you, that you're, that's what you're doing. Now I can, I can call down to our OC and say, Hey, we need to think about doing this because, so it, it gives me a key, a, a reference point from which to play with alignments and to, to play with what the linebackers reads are. Or sometimes, like I said, we have the running back across the quarterback's face, but then the quarterback pulls it and goes the opposite way. You know, so there's a lot of advantages, I think, to offset. Um, I think that uh, with that H-back, you know, if you, if, I think somebody did a study, what was it, like 94% of the time, wherever the H-back lines up, that's where the ball lines up. And I think a lot of guys got away from offset running back because they felt like they were tipping their play. But our philosophy is if you move him around or you change his, his patterns, it's really, really hard to lock into that. You know, on top of the fact that now you have to, you have to try to work that week defending inside veer, defending midline, defending midline triple, defending outside veer, defending speed option, defending counter trade triple with a bubble. Good luck. And if you can get us, you know, did a great job. Your your dudes are are good, and you did a great job. And but I'll 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 take my chances. You know, so that's kind of our philosophy. Plus, it it, it gives our guys. Uh, a grounding, you know, they know where they're going to be every single time. And yeah, we ask our running backs to do some stuff, but you know, we call it putting guys in a trick bag and they like that. We're, we're magicians coach. Yeah. You're magicians putting them in a trick bag. So that's, that's pretty interesting. What you just brought up me, me and coach McLeod were talking about that a little bit the other day about adjacent backs, the, the offset back, you know, you're in the spread and most other uh, defenses are playing a lot of spread teams week to week, but not option teams necessarily, right? And so that's going to be kind of like a z- inside zone fit for the defense, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're looking for that back to cross the nose of the quarterback where you're going front side with it, running your beard. So that's 
quite interesting topic, you know, especially lately the big sexy thing is duo. You know, you hear right, about right. duo. And a lot of people are like, well, duo is just inside beer. <laughs> just, it's just beer, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's a big debate kind of in, in this world, man, uh, of, of, of what it is and how it affects the defense. And um, Anytime that you can – the way I look at it, um, anytime that you can keep the chalk last in your hands on a game field, you have a bit of an advantage. And I think when you run tr what I call true triple, you know, Paul Johnson rules, true triple option from the gun, whether it's midline, midline, triple, uh, in our case, outside veer, inside veer, uh, it gives you an opportunity to keep that chalk last in your hands. You know, the, the, the boring part of it is for players is, you know, we, we take 15 minutes a day, every single day. And we, we drill mesh at 15 minutes a day, boom, boom, boom. And then if you're not on special teams, that's another 15 minutes, you know, that, that you're going to be drilling mesh. And we'll do all of our options from that. Plus, all of our reads is very specific reads, as you guys know, for obviously, you know, blood stunts, easy stunts, and all that kind of stuff. We, we drill that stuff uh, endlessly. Uh, but I think that uh, it, it certainly gives you an opportunity to keep that chalk last in your hands. And, 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 uh, uh, if you have teams that are undersized, if you have teams that are uh, 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 lacking talent in certain instances, our quarterback last year, I'll tell you what, he was not the most fleet of foot guy ever. But but I'm going to tell you what, that kid was, uh, Mark Antonetti, he was tough, smart, and, and he, you know, he uh, he was going to get it done. And he, and he, remember, he had never done this before, you know, so it was so impressive. But I think a lot of it was because he was so smart, he understood where he was supposed to go, you know, and, and he had that advantage. And, and I think that, that uh, uh, those, are, those are the things that triple option from the gun provide you. You know, I, I really believe that. And it's, it's exciting to talk about because it's, uh, it's got endless possibilities. And I suppose, you know, that's my issue, right? I got to make sure uh, a very, a very great coach once told me, remember that things are expensive. So whatever you're going to put in, you better be prepared to take out something, you know, and that's why that's another thing. The triple off, you got four base plays and you just pound the heck out of them, and get good at them. That's know? right. Well, Hey man, I like what you say, um, what you call your, your pistol. You call it cannon, man. That's a, cannon, cool, man. that's a cool name too, man. I wish you would have come out with that first before they call it the pistol. You know what I mean? Cause I like the cannon better. It's longer and bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, it's fun. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, another thing you mentioned about your running backs alignment and offset, it kind of threw me off because I'm so used to coaches saying, line up on the butthole or the ass or something like that. And you said the midpoint. I was like, man, that's, more, that's much more professional, man. I need to be more professional. Like that. That's, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny. Coach, uh, I had a random question real quick. Um, yeah. uh, can you kind of, you know, Talk a little bit about your inside zone. Why you not not necessarily the scheme of it, but why you um, why you use it within your your core plays uh, with with your veer and your midline and your outside <laughs> veer because it's a taboo subject, you know. To most option guys, are like, man, we don't have the the guys. They, you know, they want the guys coming off the football, and they think it's you know a more of a passive type deal. So a lot of guys just stray away from it. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things and a couple of reasons why. It was not our base play. Um, uh, I can't take credit for adding it. Gary Gaiman, our offensive line coach at Hinsdale Central, kind of sold me on it. Uh, it for us, it, got, it became an outplay. So, for, in other words, let's say we were running inside here. Let's say we were running midline. But for whatever reason, we were getting handled. Or we, 
we were getting beat through uh, with a run through, some sort of an A gap or B gap run through for whatever reason. We just weren't doing very well that day. So what zone allowed us to do, excuse me, it allowed us to pick up those those run throughs with a zone scheme, yet still maintain our base as an option. Whether it was throwing the bubble as number two, or whether it was, you know, traditional uh, traditional slot option, you know, that kind of a thing. It, we just saw it as an outplay. For whatever reason, we we were having a hard time. Sometimes you have those days, right, where, yeah. where your quarterback's having a bad day reading, so you, you have non-option plays in there. Well, for us, if we were having a bad day, our O-line was having a tough day for whatever reason, you know, we, we would run to our zone because, man, we can't pick up that B-gap run through. You know, so we'll just run zone, and that'll pick it up. And then so I run kind of, back. Kind of, yeah, kind, of, kind of gapish. Yes, yeah, that's okay. exactly right. Um, and then in our running back was taught to cut back. You know, um, we called it um, bang or bend, one of the two. And that's all we allowed him to do, bang or bend. That's so funny, man, because that's very similar to duo, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's what they're calling duo. You know what I mean? It's, it's very, very similar, and I get it. And uh, Coach McLeod reminds me of uh, what I've been talking about with Slice a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, not to get on a different subject, but, oh, that's, but right. that, that's been on my mind. You, you know what I mean? That uh, a, a little bit and how it affects the defense. And uh, uh, it's, it's a different deal, man. It's, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. We added, we added a counter tray triple, you know, with a bubble on the back, with a bubble on that same side. So if we're going counter tray to the right, We'll read, we'll read the five tech. He comes down, we pull, and we got a bubble as number two. Quarterback attacks number two, and then we throw the bubble off of that. And then we you know, know that also is a quarterback it's, counter. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because in the world of flexbone, primarily pretty much everything is a front side read, you know? So now when we go to inside zone, duo or slice, right? You don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying, right? To me, it's like a backside read, you know? And then your counterplay backside read, right? So I, I, it's just um, – so if you really think about it, you think about it, you're 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 forcing a defensive coordinator to prepare for a front side option, midline, and some sort of a backside read. Whether it's you know a trip like we our counter trade triple was a triple option. It was truly a triple option, you know, and they had to they had to con con contend with that on the backside. So I'm going to force you to play an entire field, not on top of our vertical game. You know, you're, you're going to have to be prepared for all that. And, you know, I, I think it, put, it, it puts a lot of stress. And, you know, DCs by nature are pretty anal retentive. They're going to try to pick up every possible thing they can. And, man, it's, a, it's a, not a big package, but it's an option package. And your kid's got to be responsible. It's tough. Coach, not to hog it up here. I'm sorry. But it just made me think about something you talked about in that Zoom um, last time we were on. Hey, uh, uh, midline. Uh, midline from the gun – Mm -hmm. um, now, when we're under center, you know, you're thinking, and, and, and Coach McLeod, we're going to, um, you're going to disagree a little bit because of slice, right? But we primarily run into like a, uh, a big gap defender, right? Like a three technique or something like that, right? Most, most, uh, you know, when you first yeah, start yeah. out. To, uh, and I know, the, yeah, but from the gun, you can, um, you were saying you still run it to an A gap defender, correct? Yeah, sometimes if we're caught or if we feel like our, our combo, can, can handle that, that they, they can blow out that one technique, we'll tell our guys, okay, look, if you've got a three technique, we're, we're going to run ten. If, however, there's a, a one tech, zero shade, um, we'll, the, 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 the B-back will tell the quarterback, shade, 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 
will combo the heck out of that shade, get vertical push, turn out on on uh, uh, on the five tech, uh, and then uh, uh, the the B back wraps around that that combo to the linebacker and quarterback follows. It, it becomes an automatic quarterback follow. Sometimes yeah. if you're successful, and sometimes we'll get double ones or double twos, you know, in which that, any of those things we have an adjustment for, that's an adjustment our kids know. And that's usually on a week-to-week basis. Uh, sometimes if you're successful with your midline, uh, they'll take that three and they'll bump them to a one to, to, uh, to try, you know. So some guys will, yeah, they'll just run right to inside here. But to our our mind if we if we can feel like we can handle that one well hell we're just gonna stay with midline turn into quarterback follow we're gonna get three four yards and 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 i love it you know and it's very similar to what you were just talking about with your uh your inside zone scheme when you gap it that's really what it turns into and you fan the back side that's right i mean that's really you know but i guess there's more to it because the quarterback iso part of it you know but the block from the blocking scheme perspective i guess it's just what i'm saying you know it's a, it's a really nice way to let – it's a, it's a nice way for our guys to have confidence to know, look, man, whatever they show us, we got an answer for. That's right. And for me, that's what it's all about. Plays are great. And I, I know over the years – and I learned this from John Urban. You know, I learned this from Dan Dillon. I learned it from Tony Munkin. Uh, you, I see too many guys that, that collect plays, you know, but, but to my mind – there has to be a system. If this, then that. that. Our whole system is based off of if this, then that. What is your then that? And that's all you need. If you have a, a package that has that, let's say it's, let's just say it's five or six plays. Let's just say that's all you need. You, you know, but it's got to be if this, then that. If you can't answer that when you're game planning, that's going to be a problem. And if you have to put in a completely brand new play, to our mind anyway, you know, some guys are really good at that. I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm not as smart as some guys. You know, then I, I have to be able to be, if this, then that, and it's all got to fit within the same idea in the same package. And I think kids pick up on that, and they have a lot more confidence. And in the end, I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't matter what you and I know. What do they feel good with? You know. Yeah. And when it's rolling, man, when we're running option, it's rolling. They they're they're hooping and hollering and having a good old time because you know, the other guy on the other sideline screaming their teammates, "Watch option!" You know that kind of thing. And our guys know they got them. They got them, and that stuff starts happening. That's right. So I'm curious, uh, um, 12, okay, uh -huh. how are you blocking the backside? Are you traditional scooping it? What, what are you doing there? So the last, this last year what we did, um, typically, yes, we would have scooped um, and, and gone right up to the backside linebacker. But we made a change, and I, I, I actually can't take credit for it. I, I stole it from Kerry Grove. They're a, a local school here. Um, yeah, I know. We, yeah. Both of my boys played for Kerry Grove. Yeah. And uh, – uh, uh, what they do is they do like a, a step and hinge. So right. if no one comes B-gap, then you can take care of that five tech. Um, we started doing that last year only because, uh, and I wasn't a big fan of it, but w with the incorporation of RPOs and counter option, which I'm a big believer in, you know, like to me, when I'm up in the box, the very first thing I'm doing, so I'm watching the I'm watching the backside linebacker. When I was a head coach, I always had a guy assigned to the backside linebacker. That determined our if this then that for for the backside. Well, with the advent of the RPO, now you can secure that tough five technique. You know, if he's coming down hard, and you can just RPO that kid. You know, the 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 backside linebacker that wants to get to the front side. Now you can just throw a quick slant to your you know, to your slot or to the, to the wide out or whoever. So it's changed a little bit, and that's why I kind of went to that step and hinge thing. Uh, we went to that step and hinge thing this year. 
I'm sorry, last year, because uh, you, you have ways to deal with him now as opposed to trying to scoop all the way up and cut him off, which you, you know, may or may not have gotten to. Your front side guy still should have accounted for him, but, you know, we all know that the, the toughest guy and the guy that is going to wreck your option is that backside linebacker, and you got to be able to deal with him, you know, whether it's quarterback counter or whatever. So that's why we went to the step and hinge. And then my next question is, how in the world did you figure out mid-triple out of the gun? <laughs> it's really the same as you would for regular midline. Um, all the rules are the same. We like to run it to an odd front, um, which means, you know, the B-back's going to uh, pick a cheek. I personally don't mind running it to an even front either, you know. Uh, I, 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 it doesn't make a difference to me. But th- what you have to practice is you have to practice how fast those reads will come you know, for your quarterback. And we teach our quarter, we, we, we work the hell out of that with hand shields and we come fast, you know, and I teach him the step back method when he pitches. So if he's reading blood stunt one and two coming right now, he absorbs the hit steps back and then pitches right off of his, right off of his, uh, his yeah. pitch hand shoulder and the slot should take it from there and go. Um, it, it's you just, you just work it, you know? And, and is the, is the slot and pitch motion on the snap or, and you're running like twirl on the front side, like you normally would, or are you? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. He'll cheat his split down just a little bit. Okay. Yep. Um, and we'll keep people honest because we'll cheat him down and then we'll throw a quick, uh, yeah. quick bubble to him too. So, yep. um, but yeah, you know, everybody I'm sure will do that, but yeah, that's exactly what we do. And we tell him, get on your horse. Our slots are pretty fast. So we tell yeah, him yeah. you get on your horse right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Hey, Coach, uh, you touched on it earlier about the quarterback stepping and attacking the line of scrimmage, you know. Uh, can you touch more on that in, in terms of uh, the debate of, uh, you know, under centers faster, you know what I mean, and and, uh, and kind of how that step kind of allows it to hit faster yeah. and attack the line of scrimmage, that whole debate? Coach is smiling because he, he, you What's guys can tell. I, I've heard that so, for so long. In fact, I'm, it's kind of funny. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I wound up on a Texas high school message board. There's some great conversations. I, I forgot what the message board was, but somebody brought up the thing from the gun and you know, why would you do that? It doesn't hit as fast. And I start giggling. Well, a few things down, I said, yeah, there's some guy in Chicago that runs it from the gun. And it was, they were talking about us at the time. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it, I'm not going to tell you that it hits as fast as, as, as uh, uh, under center. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I am going to tell you is it hits pretty damn fast. And when a defense has to contend with all of the other things from the gun, that offsets some of that. If you really think about it, when I was under center with our teams at Lake Zurich, um, you know, teams, they, they, they could play downhill really, really fast. And you were still successful, but um, – like I said earlier, when you, be, when you get into the gun, it changes the mentality of the kids on the other side of the ball. It just does. And that, I think, that aspect makes up for the slightly slower speed at which it hits. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Um, and I'm going to tell you also that I can tell you already, year two of doing this with our guys, we're faster than last year. Yeah. And last year we were pretty good. Yeah. You know, and it, it, I mean, we were pretty fast. And my teams at Central year two, you know, we put up almost 5,000 yards of offense that year. Um, we were really fast downhill. But it, it's like anything else. It's experience. So, yeah, I'm not going to tell you that it hits yeah. like, like Paul Johnson's team would. It's experience, but it's also they got a damn good mesh coach. 
yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was the mess coach at Central too. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would, I would. It's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day. I, I forget who it was. It was a friend of mine, and I said, if anybody was going to. Oh, I know what it was. It was a young one of our young coaches at, at uh, Buffalo Grove. I said, if you ever plan on doing this, you have to have, and I, and I really mean it, you have to have somebody that's dedicated to just this mesh because it takes a lot of work. But when you get it right, boy, oh, boy, it, it makes the difference. You know, and I know that sounds crazy. It's like I'm inventing a job for myself. But but it really does make it that – it's almost a position – among itself. Plus, you know, you're the quarterback coach and the running back coach too. It's all wrapped into one, but it makes a big difference. It really does. Well, I, I, I yeah. And I think what people probably fail to understand in a podcast, cause they can't see X and O's or us talking is right. your, your path. Basically it's back to under center inside veer. So Absolutely. without going into all of that and the trade secret part of it and all of that stuff, I, I think, once somebody would actually see you guys running your play, you'd realize other than the mechanics of the beginning of it, mm-hmm. it pretty much maybe a little deeper, but it pretty much is getting back to 12 under center paths. And so, you know, I, it's true. You're exactly right. Right. So, and I, I actually, I, I like that, that part of it because we, we were on the other night with coach Abel at Davidson and, you know, like you now that I've been able to talk to you and him, you know, it's, it's still about a front side read out of gun where everybody else in the world is a backside read. Right. So right. Uh, th- that's what makes it interesting for me. Yeah. I, I agree with a hundred percent. It is. We wind up in the same spots. Yeah. We do. We wind up in the exact same spots, just how you get there. Yeah. And not, you know, the fact that you took the time to figure it out makes a difference, you know, so. Coach, we always tease uh, about how all flexbone under center guys in the off season, their project is they're looking at gun. You know what I mean? They're looking at the gun and how can they run right. the gun? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. call me. <laughs> May, into May first of June, you fire every bit of it and yeah, go back. Up. That's exactly. Hey, I was the same way you when I was at when I was at Zurich. We started doing it in two thousand and three, just because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But I want you know everybody at the time that was like the big trend, right? right. And so we we tried. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but all of a sudden we got in the gun and everybody went crazy. Yeah. You know, we're in the gun, you know, uh, I didn't, we, we didn't, we weren't very, and immediately I got out of it, you know, because right. this is, this is not, none of this is right. Get back under center where we belong. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I get that mentality. I was, I, I get it. Believe me, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously the, the, the selling points, you know, for your program or whatever, you know, you the kids and the parents, everybody's going to think, Oh man, you're sexy spread. Right. Of course, right? You know, we got a new offense or whatever, you know, that dad that's in the stands, you know, uh, you know, throw the ball. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that guy kind of has quieted down a little bit, right? Um, it doesn't matter that you're gaining 400 yards a game running the ball under center. Right. right. Throw it, you know. <laughs> so, so, so touch on, you don't have to go to too, too much, Coach, but did, did just touch on your basic pass game and the gun. Is it? Is it good, you know, uh, particularly with the with the option that you got going on? That, that you know, because a lot of guys say, okay, we're in the gun. It's going to help us get more depth and improve our passing game. Do you see that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we uh, our quarterback last year was was an excellent passer. Um, think of everything that you might want to do out of your passing game, and you can do it. 
you know, the, the only difference is you have to make sure that you spend time on your mesh, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day and get good at it. But it's, it's like any other spread team. You know, our, our passing system is a little bit different um, than everybody else's. We don't do concept-based necessarily. Um, we do it, uh, it's, it's really sort of a weird number system, but it makes it really simple. If you, if you imagine the football field divided up into thirds, so the left side of the field is a, is the, is, is a number one, the middle of the field um, is two, and then the right side of the field is three. If you got that in your mind, and then four, you would mirror, that's mirrored routes. So think of that. Okay. So we're going to tell our quarterback where to look. So the first number in our three number series tells the quarterback what, what third do we want you to look at? So if it starts out with three, you're on the right side, you're looking right. Um, the second number tells them the, the, the protection. So six would be the six man protection, the typical you know, slide protection for the most part. The last number is the, 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 the uh, number one receiver on that side. So if I said, for example, 366, we're looking to the right. It's a six-man pass pro, and, and the number one receiver is running a six, which for us is a curl. So, and then, then you name the other routes. So if we're in trips right, for example, and we want to throw, we're going to say 366 curl, right? 366 swing fly. That would be our route. And then our backside guy is an automatic. If it's cover two, um, he's going to run vertical. If it's cover, I'm sorry, if it's cover three, he's going to run vertical. If it's cover two, he runs a post. And unless it's a gift route. And our gift route is based off of where the defender's playing. So our quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage. You guys all know that stuff. And, yeah. and you can, it's an auto throw. But that's it's, if we're going to go to the left, it might be 166 swing fly. And we just make it – we're telling everybody what they need to do. So there's – we teach them how to run the routes, of course, and they have to understand spacing and get-offs. Is it a you know, burst release, attack release, um, uh, you know, those kinds of things based on the inside route. But other than that, we tell them where we want you to go. So there's not a whole lot of things. They don't have to remember whole concepts. Just know where you're at and what number or what route you have to run. And it makes it a little easier to teach. And that you have like a like a basic boot or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's based off of uh, uh, inside veer. So a 312 okay. boot. Looks like 12 and then we boot. Naked boot. Yeah. In fact, I think the other last night somebody I, – I think I chimed in on the on – the, uh, Mesh Point Monday? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mesh Point Monday. I, I said it was a gambler route. That's our favorite route out of the boot. Somebody oh, asked perfect. me to draw it up, so I, I sent out a really crude drawing, but – it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. No, that's awesome, man. Glad you did. No, and um, uh, last out, coach, we do spin out dash action, same stuff. Oh, that's all awesome stuff. Now, so coach, the guys that want to learn more about uh, what what you're doing and everything, how can they uh, get a hold of some of your resources or uh, maybe get a hold of you? Can you give yeah. out some information? Sure, you can. Right. You can uh, reach me at spreadoffense at gmail dot com. Um. You can, I'm on Twitter at uh, triple underscore 31. Um, uh, where, uh, how else? I think that's pretty you got, unless, you, you, uh, you want to talk about your videos at all? You, you, you want oh, to talk yeah, about, I, I got, uh, if you do your I, name, I, I know uh, you, you have some videos out there uh, showing some of this stuff, right? Yeah, we have, I have three videos through Coach's Choice. Um, one is a, uh, uh, Shotgun or, or uh, triple option quarterback play from the shotgun formation that goes into great detail. What we talked about here, um, quarterback play under center, 
um, uh, triple option quarterback play under center, and then the third one is jet option football. Um, the the system we developed my last couple of years at Hinsdale, which is uh, it's kind of a cool system. It's all option based, but it's out of empty and spread and gun stuff. It's 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 uh, it's a nice complement to anything else you might be doing. Um, I'm also finishing up. Hopefully, it'll get published next month. Uh, uh, a book about my 15 years as a high school head coach, all the the ugliness and all the fun stuff and the mistakes that I made and the the successes that we had and the mistakes that I made and some of the successes we had, but mistakes that I made and hopefully it'll help somebody uh, along the line. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm happy to help anybody at any time. And, and uh, I, I like doing that. Like I said, I enjoy talking with other coaches and, and, uh, and spreading the, the gospel of gun option football. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate you coming on, man. It has been awesome. Oh, it was a great opportunity. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. a lot of fun. All right, Coach. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Will do. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexibleNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well. Thank mm-hmm. you.